Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson presents author and ghost hunter Eleanor Wagner, who you gonna call? Part 1 Bronxborn Eleanor Wagner raised her family in rural Sussex County, New Jersey, long before she began writing books and spent years as Pennywhistle the Party Clown, named after Pennywise the Dancing Clown from Stephen King. She founded the Lady Ghostbusters Paranormal Investigation Team in 2017 and enjoys reading, singing, hiking, swimming, and gardening in her spare time. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. Me, I'm your host, Daniel Jackson. And today we have a special guest. A, I would call you an uh, author. I would call you uh, an investigator. Um, we have Eleanor Wagner, author, investigator, ghost hunter. What else would you like to be called? That's good. That's just fine. Mother, <laughs> wife, that you know, that kind of stuff. The traditional Mother, wife, regular <laughs> stuff, correct? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I would imagine that this uh, what you do uh, when you you're a writer, so that takes up some time, uh, and also going out. I uh, I understand. I was looking at your website, and you have a uh, investigation coming up on I think the 23rd of February. I have I have um an investigation in, in a historical building, yes, in two weeks. Yeah, so what does that entail for you? What is it like to go and, and do an investigation like that? Because I know I saw on the site that your uh, people can pay to also be doing the investigation with you. So uh, how many people do you usually allow to, to participate? Well, for something... For something like that, when it's a fundraiser for the venue, like the historical society is, it's a fundraiser for them. Oh, cool. And we have a limit to the people that we want there because you don't, during an investigation, you want to kind of keep it to a minimum, but you also want to make it beneficial to the fundraiser. So it's a very large building. And I believe that they're limiting it, limiting it to 30 people. Not and bad. so what I'll do is um, I'll end up coming in and I'll, I'll do a, a presentation, which will be about an hour and what it will in, incorporate will be them meeting a few of the other team members who will, some of them have equipment with them to share what kind of equipment we use on an investigation. Sure. And then the other, the other one will be a medium that will explain exactly what it is that she does when we do an investigation. And then when that's all said and done, will bring the people into the building to do an investigation. So there'll be a combination of people. There'll be people that are familiar with investigations and have their own equipment and like to do this sort of thing. Right. And then there'll be newbies that just have never had the experience before and would like to have that experience. And so they'll end up kind of tagging along with the, the Lady Ghostbuster team members. But what, do you what I like to do when I go into the, Do you explain to the newbies what the equipment does so they're not asking you a gazillion questions while you're doing the investigation? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what the whole presentation beforehand is about. Right. And then when we get to the investigation portion of it, I explain to them what I'm expecting of them, especially since it's such a large crowd. And we're going to keep us, us all sequestered in the same general area because you sure. want to kind of keep the, the noise down, especially if you're using audio equipment or video equipment because you want as little noise and feedback that you get from people walking and talking. So it makes for a difficult investigation, but really that particular event is more just to give them the experience. So uh, I do let them know that you can never expect anything. A normal right. investigation can go on for six hours and nothing happens. Right, because but some spirit want to be seen, some don't. 
Right. And this, I explained to them that it's generally for entertainment purposes. It's to give you the experience of what it's all about. Normally an investigation will usually have six to 10 people, maybe more on the six side than the 10. I mean, when you go to, let's just say you go to a place, we went to one the other night that was an Elks club building. And so I was there with my team members and there were six of us, but they had members there because we were in their building and for insurance purposes, sure. they needed to have people there. I didn't expect to be, I, did, I didn't expect it to be six people, but they had six people. And of course, we're going to accommodate them too. Normally it would be like two people that are there sure. from the place, but there were six of them. And it could have been because they were excited and one said, oh, can I come and that sort of thing. And one was a couple and one was her sister. So it could be that sort of thing. But, you know, as long as they were abiding by the rules of, being quiet and and um, attentive and saving questions for before or after and not during, then then we were good, you know. Sure, absolutely. Because uh, I've had an investigation done at my home uh, previous uh, to living here in Arizona, back in Delaware, and uh, that team had uh, five members to the team, uh, plus my wife and I were there. So you have to learn. That's to about be, it. That's about right. That's about yeah, and average. You, you, and you gotta you gotta be kind of quiet uh, to see what's going on because you never know what you're going to hear or see, and or you don't want a bunch of people walking around with a bunch of flashlights in their hands either as well because that may throw off that may seem like something to someone else when somebody accidentally moved their flashlight across the room or something. Sure. So, so right. yeah. So I I get it. And then you have to just make sure, like you said, because even if nothing happens, it's still the experience because it's the same experience that you and your team go through sometimes because sometimes you go to an investigation and nothing happens. So like I said, exactly. some spirit want to be seen, most spirit don't, but the ones who do want to be seen or heard, it's going to take a lot to, to get something from them and it might be uh, a message brought onto a little recorder or somebody might hear a right, whisper right. or something like that. So, and also it depends yeah. on, it depends on whether they get, if they like you or not. I mean, right. they were humans in life. So it's, it's like meeting somebody the first time and you get that feeling, oh, I don't like that person very much. She doesn't give me the right vibe. If they don't, right. their first impression of you isn't a good one, then they're not going to be bothered with you. So it's the same right. as if you were meeting somebody new in, in life. Absolutely. Cause they're, cause they, as soon as you walk into the home, they pick up on your energy. They know what kind of person right. you are right at that moment because of them being pure energy at that at where where they are. They pick up on it really quickly, yes. which is pretty cool. But yeah, that's I mean that's I gotta say for an investigation, that's gonna be a large crowd of thirty people. It, it really, it really is, and that, and that's why we like other. to usually. We usually like to have a preliminary investigation prior to that kind of event right. so that we can get into the building and see what we're dealing with because we've never been there before either. Sure. And then also to prepare spirit for what we're going to do. Like we'll be there and we'll say, Talk you know, to them. this is an investigation. You can come and you can tell us anything that you want now, but we want to yeah. prepare you that we're going to have an event here in your lovely building. And we're thanking you for accommodating us. And um, it's it's for the entertainment purposes of the people that are here, and we don't mean you any disrespect, that kind of thing. So we prepare them for the event so they are 
not taken off guard either because we do are in their you, space. Uh, do you ever go in, especially with this large crowd, if you go in prior to that, do you tell spirit, hey, we're doing this for entertainment purposes. So if you want to come through here and scare the shit out of somebody, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in so many words, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. yeah sure. Because I yeah. mean, hopefully that uh, the spirit who are there, if they're are there at we'll all. We'll have fun with it. They'll have, right, fun, we'll have with fun with it. fun with it as well, because, you know. Because I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're familiar that there, there are so many venues all around the country in different facilities, like former institutions and former jails and what have you. They sure. have these events as well, as well but they have like 150 people at one event. Yeah, and no. I've never been to one and I can't imagine what it would be like. I, I find it difficult enough to do it with 30. I can't imagine what it's like to have 150. Uh, so, it's 150 people in the dark tripping over each other and everybody's falling down. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, I, how I feel. that's how I feel about it. But uh, people have said that they've actually had yeah, I know there's a lot of people there and you got to find your own place in a quiet away place. And when you do, you you do get you get, do get stuff happening. I'm like, oh, you do. I really didn't think that you okay. did, but I guess yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe spirit wants to scare the shit out of 150 people at once. Who knows? You know, I mean, spirit does tell <laughs> me right. they, they do tell me all the time they love a good joke. So uh, so, you know, I, I I'm OK with that. I do totally, I do totally see that, you know, we've had so many times where we're hanging out, Daniel, and we'll just be having, during the investigation, you know, you, you say something and something happens and you'll, somebody will fall and you'll start laughing or, or you start saying something in your conversation and they love listening to your conversations. Yes, and if you do. say something funny, they love the funny. Yeah. And then you start to get really great reactions out of your K2s and stuff because they feel like they're a part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good that you go in there, uh, like you said, prior to and, and speak to them as well. Because uh, from what I know, uh, being spirit medium Daniel, uh, spirit at any time can uh, or has the ability to tune us out because because we are so many people in one room. If they don't want to hear our voices, they don't have to hear our voices and they can tune that out. But as long as you're going in there prior and saying, hey, you know, we're going to bring a group of people in here. You know, if you want to scare the shit out of them, that'd be great for us. And it's entertainment. Maybe you'll get a good <laughs> laugh out of it. Then they know what to expect ahead of time, too. Because like you said, something you pointed out, they were people in their lives at one time who are also on this world right. as well. And now they are just, you know, no longer connected to their bodies, but they are still people. They still feel as though they are people and they are, they're just in spirit. Yeah, and you're in, and you're in their person, you're in their personal space. They yes, are there absolutely. first. Yeah, that's, that's what people don't seem to get. Uh, I tell them uh, when I do other interviews on other shows as well as I, when I'm a guest on there, that uh, like the Amityville Horror type of story where the spirit themselves Maybe they just didn't like those people. They didn't like them being in their space and they did everything possible to get them out. And that's all. Now, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure Hollywood probably, you know, sensationalized it a bit to make it more of an exciting movie so people would buy more tickets. But it's what it comes down to it is if the spirit doesn't want you to be in their space, they don't want you to be in their space and they'll do whatever they can to exactly. get you out. So 
Yeah. And people, right. if you if if somebody sees something come fly across the room and they can't see what through that thing, then hell yeah, that would scare the shit out of them, make them leave the house, which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. But uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the movies and TV they kind of ruin it for all of us out there because uh, they make it so much more what they call scary and horrifying and all that stuff. But but I tell people all the time these they're just people. They were just people walking on the on this earth. You know, they're not nuns coming at you with a knife or a clown coming out of a storm drain. You know, it's it's kind of they just just kind of uh, sensationalize it a little bit too much. It makes it horrible for us. So well, that's because people like to be scared. Yeah, and you know, and the problem the problem oh. is people end up they end up um, confusing the movies and that sort yes. of entertainment with real life. Absolutely. You, can't, you can't confuse the two. They're very, very different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my question for you is, what got you started with this? What got you into this? What what experience or what aha moment did you have that brought you into doing uh, investigations? Well, I had a ghost in my home when I was and I was really young and I was afraid of it. And I didn't realize until I was older that he was really just trying to get my attention. Yeah. So that was my first exposure with it. But I've always been fascinated with scary things and scary stories. And just even when you're know, teen years going to horror movies, I mean, I don't, I can't watch them anymore, but I used to go to them all when I was a kid, sure. you know, a teenager. And um, it wasn't until really the, the day my father died that actually everything was reignited in me. And from that point on, it just, it, just grew and grew and grew and I believe I mentioned to you at one point that I was 50 when my writing career actually took off my first book was written in the 90s before I had my children I've always written I've written since the sixth the seventh grade on in school but it didn't do anything it didn't I didn't do anything with it during my lifetime until really I wrote that first book, put it down, put it aside, had my children, they grew up, and I was 50 when the writing career actually took off, because now my kids are full grown, I reconnected with someone on social media that was a friend of mine that pushed me to send the book to a publisher, and then I was off, I was there, I've got one writing now, and I'm, and I'm not stopping, but the Sussex County Hauntings series came to me when I was hitting sort of a writer's block. I was on my second paranormal romance and I knew what the beginning, middle and end was, but I wasn't filling in any of the other stuff. So I was at a writer's group and I'm going, mm, I need something to distract me. And that's when the idea to write the book about the hauntings came to me because <clears throat> I visit Cape May, New Jersey often, and it's a very haunted town and I, I love it. It's my favorite place in New Jersey. I know you're familiar with it because you lived right on the other side of the water in Delaware, but. Uh, I, well, I lived in New Jersey up until I was 17 with my parents. Oh, we lived, okay. I lived in South Jersey, uh, right across the river from Philadelphia. Um, okay. And we, we visited uh, Cape May quite often because my grandmother owned a so home. You, so, you know, it's beautiful town. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they're known, they're known for their hauntings. They're known for their haunting tours and they're known for their latest haunting books. And every time I go to Cape May, I buy the latest one. And so 
when the idea came to me, I said, you know, I know that every place is haunted. I know that Sussex County where I live is haunted because I had a shop that I owned that had a ghost in it that I lived with. And so who doesn't like a good ghost story? And right. I had my own personal history that I could share in that story as well. I'm sorry, in the book as well. So that's what the whole first book came about. It came about my history and how I came to um, see spirit. And then I reached out on social media to people in the area and said, do you want to tell me your story? And I'll put it in the book. And so they did. So what I ended up doing is I compiled a whole book of these stories and I, I wrote the history of towns they took place in because everybody loves history. Sure. And then I wrote the history of a building. If I, it was a historical building, it's got history behind it that I could share with the public. And then whatever stories I received from the residents over the years, I would put that in the chapter as well. And then if the paranormal team was able to get in there for an investigation, then that was just an added portion to the book. And before I knew it, I had, I don't know how many towns in that first book and I thought it was going to be only one book. And now I'm working on Sussex County Hauntings 3. Have you ever had a story from anyone tell you from a town called National Park in New Jersey? No, I did not. Oh, well, next time, if you're going to do another book, then I will tell you about that town and uh, how my house well, uh, actually in, in that town was haunted. Hi, I'm Daniel Jackson of Spirit Medium Daniel. Do you need clarity in your life? Do you have unanswered questions? If you're having doubts of who you can confide in, come and book a reading with me, and I will put your mind at ease and your worries to rest. www.spiritmediumdaniel.com Sussex County Hauntings 3, I'm going to have chapters. I have what I call Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena. So in the Other Strange Phenomena yes, chapters, it Part really leaves it up to me. Yes, and it, it, it and that's what three will be, and, and Warren County Hauntings has the other strange phenomena chapters too, because it enables me to create something different. In that first book, it it has stories that people shared with me on uh, UFOs and Bigfoot in Sussex County, and then in part two, I was able to put stories of people with their loved ones at their time of death, and then visits from deceased loved ones, because I don't consider them hauntings. I, I consider sure. them visits from your deceased loved ones. And then in um, Warren County Hauntings, I use the other strange phenomena chapters to talk about people who had near-death experiences. So I, I'm able to do a lot of different things and talk about different topics in those chapters. And so with Sussex County Hauntings 3, I am going to do chapters on uh, reincarnation, which are, are really fascinating stories. You and I had a conversation about that one. <laughs> and then, and then I'm going to write about um, ghost stories around the country and then ghost stories around the world. Because oh, awesome. it opens so up a whole world of different things that I could do, you know. Are you just going to try to contact other people from around the world via like Facebook or something like that? Or yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have I have friends, I have friends that um, that have lived in other countries. Like a good friend of ours grew up in South Africa, and uh, when we were together, you know, we, we talk about all sorts of things. And, and last time we were together, he shared with me a really cool ghost story that happened to him in his home in South Africa, and how it came full circle, and how they found out who it was. That's so, cool. um, 
yeah. So I'm, I'm like, oh, Dave, can I put that story in my next book? And he was like, absolutely. <laughs> so so uh, be... and that, uh, that right there shows you or could show everyone else around the world that spirit is everywhere around the world, no matter where you go, no matter yes. what you do, they're around us all the time. Absolutely. Which is a... So I would love to, I would love to hear that story and you and I will be in touch about it. Yeah, oh boy, it was crazy. <laughs> and then, and then it, it continued from that house to the next house that I went to after that. Uh, but it then uh, it just continued from the, those houses to every house I went to. And then that's, that's when I found out more or less that uh, it wasn't the homes I was in. It was me that they were coming to me. So, so I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a walking paranormal event all the time. It doesn't go away. So uh, mm. especially from what I saw last night. Oh my gosh. But, uh, but so tell me a, a little about um, Lady Ghostbusters. The Lady Ghostbusters uh, was established in 2019 when I was writing the first Sussex County Hauntings book. I had the opportunity to bring an investigative team into the Sterling Hill Mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. And I was so excited about it. And he said, bring your paranormal team in, but I didn't have a paranormal <laughs> team. So you had to form so a here group. I'm going, here I am. Yeah, I'm going, oh, great. Thank you. Well, no problem. We'll get the date together. And I'm like, oh, shit, now I got to get a team together. <laughs> so... I reached How out long to, did that take you? Not too long because now I had already been into my in, in um, excuse me into my interviews with people for that first book. So I'd already maybe interviewed fifty different people at that time. Sure. And there were five five women that stood out to me uh, that I felt like I had made a connection with that I thought I would invite on the adventure with me. And then I had a paranormal team that I had met on one of my weekend. Um, jaunts with girlfriends of mine and I called them up and said would you like to participate so I could get a nicely formed group together and we were probably I want to say six or eight of us if I remember at that original investigation along with um, whatever mine uh, workers that they had that were going to bring us through these mines sure. underground and we were on the outside buildings as well but we were in the mines for six hours and um, it was a great investigation. It was the very first yeah, I, one, but it was just I, wonderful. I saw a picture uh, on your Facebook page of the group, and they, there was a group of six women there. You were all standing on steps. Uh, there was like three in the back and three in the front. And uh, I saw you had these big, uh, big giant boots on. You're not wearing those big boots when you when you go on these uh, investigations like mines or anything. <laughs> no, that that was actually. That was at those pictures were those were just promotional pictures. Right. We um, did a, uh, a we had a video with a, a company. They took a video of us and um, we wanted the promotional pictures to match it up. And they had told us we had to become these certain characters. So sure. if you remember, one of the women looked like a gypsy. One of them looked like a schoolmarm librarian. I was supposed to be the, the blonde bombshell. And, <laughs> and that worked me. out very well for you. I'm, I'm, that's oh, worked, thank you. Know, yeah, boom shakalaka. Yeah, yeah. Which so we point. really, we really had a, we had a, they said to overdo it. So to, sure. to be overly dramatic. So we did. And we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Well, great experience and in this type of what we would call, I, I mean, people call it a business or, or a genre of what you're doing. You don't want to just 
have a picture of you guys standing there with, with jeans and t-shirts on, you know, looking like you're about to play in a, in a grunge rock band or something like that. You got to kind of you look You want to stand art. out and right. be distinguishable. So that was the whole idea. Yeah. Right. Because because uh, uh, people distinguish when they see this, uh, especially uh, these teams are always wearing uh, some type of uh, black. They're wearing black all the time. It's, it's this kind of... Uh, I don't know, mystical, witchy type of uh, appearance that you're trying to put out there so that people know, so they can associate it with what you're doing, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, you got to look the part, you know, you can't just, but I mean, when you go on investigations, do you show up looking like that or do you just? No, no, no. I mean, we'll have, we'll have. Well, we've got, we've got um, I had, I, I had these t-shirts made up that say Lady Ghostbusters on them oh, cool. with a, a little logo on them and everybody loved them. So they bought sweatshirts and zip up, um, zip up hoodies and oh, cool. t-shirts. So we've got, and that's usually what we end up wearing with comfortable, comfortable shoes and comfortable pants. Sure. Sure. And, and you're, you're merchand merchandising yourself as well as so when you do these. So maybe the people ask you, Hey, where can I get one of those t-shirts or Something exactly. Like yeah, I never, I never knew if I was ever going to do that because I, I go out and do festivals and I do readings at festivals, uh, but I just never thought I could bring myself up to like selling a, a Spirit Medium Daniel T-shirt. I just don't, I don't know, I don't know. It just that doesn't feel right to me. But if I was going out and doing investigations or something like that, maybe I would do that. You know, I mean, why not? I mean, you know, who wants to do everything for free? Nobody does, you know. So, um, tell me about. Uh, cause it says, uh, you have a book out called dream a little dream. It's a romance novel. It's a paranormal romance. Yes. That's what a, that is, was my very first book. What is that? A, what is that about? Or you don't have to tell, tell us what it's completely about, but just give us a quick description of what is that about? Is that, is that a, a fiction or a nonfiction book? It is a fictional book. It does take place in Sussex County where I live, which makes it fun because I incorporated places in the area that my neighbors are familiar with sure and um it i liken it to uh, my my inspiration growing up was always a stephen king novel a dean Koontz novel a john swan Saul novel those were the books that i read over and over again so they were my inspiration when i wrote that first book so if you like that kind of a story where you sit on the edge of your seat and it's a quick read then dream a little dream is the type of book for you do you still read those kinds of books these days or into something else? I do. I do. Yeah. In fact, we there was something posted on um, Facebook that was saying, what, what book are you reading this weekend? And it was a, a Dean Koontz book. But this is this is the Dream a Little Dream book. That's the Dream a Little Dream book. Who are those people on the cover? Just models. Somebody <laughs> in particular. Right. Somebody right. that the publisher guy, when they were making up the cover, they ask you what you envision on your cover and then they create the cover for you and that's what and came up how did that process go for you uh because i know like i just wrote a book myself about my whole story and everything but i'm going to self-publish but how did you go about uh getting your book published i've had the experience of both being published with a publisher a traditional publisher and self-publishing that first book the dream a little dream book was with a publisher that as i mentioned earlier the high school friend of mine pushed me to send my manuscript to his publisher at the time. And I did. And 
that's when they asked me for the rest of the manuscript and then sent me a contract to send the whole book. Cool beans. Um, one thing I was taught in school, and I tell everybody who's writing a book, if you go to a publisher, you should never have to lay out a dime from your pocket because right. that's what it's all about. If somebody who's a pub says they're a publisher and they ask you for money, it's not a legitimate publishing firm. So that's yep. the one thing I've you heard can remember, and it's very important. But when I was writing the, I had I have a children's series too. I don't know if they've even mentioned that to you, but I have a children's series that I'm working on right now with an illustrator. I have six books. We're only on the first one, and it's very very hard to light the fire under an illustrator's ass. Sure, because <laughs> they're gonna be drawing like, all the we're, time. We're cre creativity. It's just they. It's in their time, so it's like okay, I'm dying to get that out because I've got the five other ones to follow. But when I was that one was originally with the publisher and they weren't doing anything with it. And it was just becoming a very frustrating process. So I got the rights to my books back. Those oh, two cool. books, the dream, a little, the dream a Little Dream and the children's book, I got the rights back. And then I went and self-published them. And so I, the whole Sussex County Hauntings and the Haunting series has been self-published and it's been a really wonderful experience. And I'm going to continue to do that but way because you're marketing yourself anyway and yeah. why have a why have a middleman if you're doing all the work yourself anyway right so you set up the places and you set up the times and all that when you're going to go do book signings and that type of thing correct yeah even even with a traditional publisher unless they're like the, these big corporate publishers they're, they're not going to do much for you. They're going to, they will have assign an editor to you and they will help you with the cover and um, they will put them on different platforms, but that's it. That's all they do. Right. So, so they're I not going to actually get out there and push you like you thought, like people yeah. think is going to happen. And, it, and it's not to say that the editing is easy because it's not. And you have to hire somebody if you're an indie publisher to edit it for you because you can't rely on your own because right. editing is the most important part okay? yeah when, when i wrote so my you, book you know, it's my my book looks like i mean i don't know how to write so it was all just paragraphs at the paragraphs and luckily i have a friend who's also a medium uh who's coming to stay in my house in a couple of days with me and my wife her and her daughter and she's an editor as well so she i'm going to hand her off all my stuff and say here turn it into a book because Right now, it just looks like a bunch of paragraphs. I, I tried to give it to my wife to read it. She's like, I don't want to read that mess. That's crazy. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's it's really, that's the real, you know, the hardest part is that and getting a, a, a cover that's going to capture the public's eye. Yeah. You know, you want it to be appealing. So those are, I'm not going to say those are easy because they're not. No. But once you get past that, the whole process is very easy after that. So um, you know, it is going to cost a little for the editor and then the cover to, to get a good cover. But, you know, it, in the end, it's worth it because you have control of your destiny from that point on. It's not in the hands of somebody else where you're waiting to see what happens or you're doing so much and not seeing the results of, or the reaps of your, right. you know, the rewards. So, but, yeah. but, but Lots of nail biting in the very beginning, I'm sure. Yeah. But then once you get through it, yeah, I mean... Look how many books you've written so far. So you know the process. You're used to it now. It gets it gets easier and easier. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you so you have right now uh, from my list. You have Warren County hauntings and other strange phenomena. Then you have uh, 
Sussex County hauntings and other strange phenomena, part one and part two, and you have dream Correct. a little dream. So what? Um, so when do you see uh, your next book coming out? Well, I'm working on Sussex County hauntings and other strange phenomena, part three, three currently. Right. Yes. And so, I mean, the reason why I took a break from that and wrote the Warren County hauntings because I had so many stories from right. Warren counties. Uh, Warren County that I decided to go ahead and write that book instead and since more stories for Sussex County have come in that have enabled me to do a book three but I think so, after this third book I think Sussex County will be done because at that point I have um, Pike County I want to write and there's Morris County I want to write and Passaic County so those three I have folders for that will eventually be books. If you ever get it, like I said, if you ever get into the lower part of Jersey, Gloucester County, that's where I came from, then I have a story for you. But if not, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I get it. Because you, you want to keep uh, within uh, the county itself uh, for the story so it's not jumbled up or all mixed around, correct? Right. But that's what I mentioned to you before about the, the chapters that I'm putting in the new books where it's um, ghost stories from around the country and ghost oh, stories from around the world. That so could be then, you know, yeah, I could, yeah. I could def def definitely talk about Delaware or I could definitely talk about California and then I can definitely talk about South Africa because those chapters enable me to do something like that. Or it could be you could talk about uh, anywhere that I walk because I always tell people do you want your house to be haunted? Let me walk in and it will be in 10 minutes. Because <laughs> it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Everybody I know uh, uh, knows it as well. And, uh, and or sometimes like some, like I, when I do my podcast or when I was doing a live show, uh, people catch things on the live show that they see happening while I'm talking on camera and they'll see something go past me or or something like, or something shoot into me, or something like that, or lights flashing. Wow. Or I always tell everyone when I'm doing an interview, as I should tell you, if you ever see my camera and it goes blurry, that's because a spirit just crossed over through me uh, at that moment. So that's why it's going to go blurry. So, because uh, everybody keeps telling me, hey, your camera keeps going blurry. And I don't want to say why always, but, but sometimes you just, I, so now I just go, well, this is the reason why. And I go, oh. <laughs> okay and so yeah yeah well, they don't that's know interesting to, yeah they don't know what to think of that because but then after that i got to explain the reason of why they're crossing over through me and all that and that takes like 20 minutes to get through but, uh, <laughs> yeah because it's a it's a long ass story um so i have a question for you i saw that picture on facebook like i said you were all standing on the steps and you were in your um each person's persona. My question is, hmm, how should I word this? Uh, are you aware? Well, you and I have talked before. We we talked prior on the phone for what a couple hours, and and uh, told you some things about your daughter and stuff like that. But uh, but and I. So you are you are aware that you have an, an ability, correct? I feel like I'm gifted, but I never feel I'm as gifted as any of the other people on my team. Oh, you are, buddy. Uh, and uh, so the other, but uh, are you aware of, I'm aware of the fact that there are two other members on your team also who are also gifted as well. 
Okay. Which is which two of those? Uh, the ones that I know of that when I looked at the picture, uh, I started getting yeses and nos uh, as soon as I all I have to do is see somebody's face or hear somebody's name, and then I could tell them whether or not. I mean, I I do a thing on my um, on my uh, Spirit Medium Daniel uh, page uh, www whatever, and uh, and people can come in and place a call with me, a free call. Uh, because if they feel they have a, an ability or something like that, uh, they can call me and talk to me about it. And so I let them do that. And then when they get on the phone, I know at that moment if they do have an ability or not. Uh, and then I start letting them know what they need to do next. But uh, mm -hmm. I know from the picture that I saw. Well, here's, here, here's, here's the picture. Okay. So you see the lady standing directly in front of you. She's got a cross in her hand. She has an ability. Yeah. And then so does the woman who's standing uh, up front one the very first one yes okay mm -hmm. um as i think you and i talked about uh spirit and and stuff before where uh, they uh using certain okay so i'll just say it this way so the person who's standing in front of you with the cross in her hand she just needs to get rid yes. of that cross Get rid of the cross because it's not doing her her any good. Actually. Oh yeah, no, she she doesn't yeah. she doesn't use that. She just had that for the pictures. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You don't want to do that because you're actually when people walk in uh, with rooms uh, thinking they're using a cross to make d uh, demons or devils go away, they're actually doing the opposite of what they think they're doing. Oh, okay. Because a cross doesn't work for anything. A cross is a form of punishment. So why would you want to? How do you think you're going to get something bad to go away with holding a form of punishment in your hand? It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. but, uh... This has been Who You Gonna Call Part 1. Stay tuned for Part 2. You can reach Eleanor at email author Eleanor Wagner at gmail.com, Twitter at Eleanor Wagner 22, Instagram at author Eleanor Wagner, podcast Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World Podcast. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.